Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian. And it's Zine Thursday. Every week, every Thursday, we talk about another zine. And I, I, I'll be 100% honest, the reason I've chosen to do zines for my reviews is because it's easier to read a zine than a full 200-page book every week. <laughs> and some of the game books I have are five, 600 pages, so those are definitely harder to get through in a week. But I've chosen a zine today called Pax and Blades. I picked it up off of Exalted Funeral, where you can pick up a physical copy of it. But you can also go to the author's itch page, Lucas Rollum, L-U-C-A-S-R-O-L-I-M dot itch dot I-O. And you can find Pax and Blades there if you're looking for a digital copy quick to take a look at it today. So I'm going to go on about this for a minute. Now, it's not the most in-depth game. And and I, I figured I'd do something a little different. Hey, go over to YouTube. I've got a little YouTube channel there. Search Wobblies and Wizards. I might try to put a link in, in the show notes so you can go there and follow us on YouTube because I'm going to post this on YouTube. And the reason I'm saying that is because, number one, I'm going to be showing off the cover here and some of the art of this because I feel that that's pretty, it's pretty good. I like what I'm seeing here. Packs and Blades, more cocky and fantasy. A minimalist sword and witchcraft RPG for short campaigns and quick sessions. Now, the other reason I bring up the uh, YouTube is because this is more cocky and fantasy. And I wanted to just do a brief, uh, I, I figured since I was talking about this and bringing it up, I wanted to show off some of the beautiful covers of some of the old Michael Moorcock paperbacks that I have. Because Moorcocky and Fantasy is based on Marco uh, Michael Moorcock's books. <laughs> so... Some of the early stuff that was put out, I was it Daw that put this out of Moorcock stuff. I don't even see the, the imprint of who put this out, but some of his early stuff, Mayflower, Mayflower Science Fantasy, was brilliant, colorful covers that are just uh, some of my favorite are out there. The Singing Citadel has this beautiful, I don't want to say art deco, but this very specific, specific style to these. Um, a little uh, simplistic in a way, but very complex in their color and very aesthetically pleasing. Stormbringer, the old copy of Stormbringer from Mayflower, has this nice little sort of castle type thing with some space planets in space emerging on the top of it in beautiful colors. Uh, the Dreaming City, Elric is back. And I believe this one is, is from another, another publisher that I have, has... Has these beautiful uh, illustrations with his bright fairy wings that pop out. The Knight of Swords, the first book of Corum, which I've not actually read. Uh, read this one, but some of these 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 cover illustrations are just unparalleled. Is all I can say. The King of Swords, which is also the book of Corum, and then the Shores of Death has this wonderful, wonderful little. Uh, I don't know. Is he some sort of? some sort of bright red it's not the thing he might be a lizard man or something like that in the cover and i'm a i'm a fan of michael moore talk i haven't read an extensive amount but i've read quite a few of his books over the years especially some of the elric stuff that has come out so i was interested in seeing what a more cocky and fantasy role-playing game is and is like now it's very rules light and minimal minimal minimalist <laughs> It does have character advancement, 
Only the character advancement in this book is supposed to be occurring multiple times per session. And you advance in two ways. There's two things. You have packs and blades, because that's the name of the game. Now, if you're advancing in blades, you're advancing in physical fighting and stuff like that. If you're advancing in packs, you're making packs with spirits for the power of the magic that they will give you or grant to you. And you're kind of calling to the spirits. Now, the core mechanic's pretty simple. You're rolling 2d6, adding them together and trying to beat a number. Now, easy's a 6, average is 9, hard is 12, and impossible is 15. So you're rolling 2d6 trying to beat those. Obviously, 15 is impossible on a 2d6. <laughs> the difficulty of the task, they give it a tier. So you're it, essentially the difficulty tier is multiplied by three to get the number that you're going for. So easy is a two. You've got to beat a six on 2d6. Average is a three. You've got to beat a nine on 2d6. Hard is a four. You've got to beat a 12. And impossible being a five tier, beating a 15. And then they give you they give you success and partial successes as well. So if you roll a little bit, so there's a certain range in there. If you hit it, you do succeed, but something else is going to occur as well. Uh, the combat tasks now combat combat itself. I I I have to double check this because I was a little confused on one or two things when we were talking about this. When it came to the combat, the combat, and I'm just going to read it. It's like literally two couple sentences on there. Combat actions such as attacks are just special tasks. You roll 2d6 against an opponent's reference value to hit them. So you're going to have sort of a reference value. And that relates to the chart of same four times three. You know, if you got two times three is a six and so on and so forth. Player characters having starting difficulty of two. If there's a reference value of six. So everybody starts off with twos. And you're going to increase it by one when you're advancing through it. Uh, possible attack results. You have total success, partial success, and failure. Partial success, you deal the, you damage the opponent, but you will suffer a counterattack from your target or any other consequence the judge feels was appropriate instead. And that's pretty much all there is to the to the rule set. There there are some differences to this that I'd like to point out, but let's get into damage real quick. So you have light, moderate, and severe wounds, and you have so many. You know, roll a die is going to give you give you out of that d6 how to calculate how many light, moderate, and severe wounds you're actually going to have that you can take. Now armor also gives you an amount of light, moderate, and severe wounds that is specifically to the armor when the arm you take away from the armors first before you take it away from yours, and. If it's depleted from the armor, the armor is pretty much gone. It's pretty much shot. So it gives you the charge on, on coming up with the wounds, and it gives you the charge and the wounds for the armor. There's a lot of things that this does not have. One thing it does has is a couple, a couple uh, examples of monsters and and opponents you can fight: the goblin, the orc, the orc shaman, the giant spider, cyclops, and dragon. And it gives you a magic system. The magic system and the combat system are very similar. There's a chart that you're going to have to roll on itself. The, it gives you, the so the, the spirit domain, you're going to contact the spirit. You're going to get a ch couple chances to either make a pact or get a blade and advancement throughout the session. And you're, those spirits are associated with different elements, air, earth, fire, death, life, chaos. Chaos and, and is one of the big things in Moorcock's fantasy 
laws and chaos and things like that. Now, the effects, the examples of effects that can come from uh, from this magic, you're granted. You can use a spell essentially per per day, I believe it is. And they're not like fleshed out, but the same, uh, pretty much the same principles of the magic of the magic. Um, what am I thinking? The, the magic spell or the effect or the it's, it's essentially left up to your imagination. These are the thing, kind of the, some of the things you're suggesting you do with it. And it'll be related, like if it's a fire spirit or a water spirit, it'll be related to those elements, how it does these. And once the damage, it does 1d6 damage. And there's there's more on the damage in here as well. Healing, it can do 1d6 healing of wounds. Enhancement, reduce the RV. The RV is that that number you're trying to, to target and hit. So it's going to reduce the RV of all the targets tasks by 1d3. And then you have a curse, increase the RV of the targets tasks by 1d3. And then whenever you attain a total success while making rolls with the path, path of the pact, you pull off a special feat. You're going to roll a 1d6 and there's a 1d6 chart of different things that will occur when you're doing that. The magic you cast grants you a deeper spiritual connection. You receive minus two to the RV and your next roll. Which is positive because it makes it easier to target that. It also gives you a similar chart of 1d6 with the blades for your successes as well. Things you are not going to find in here. There is no section on how to create a character. You're just kind of reading it. You're kind of left fit to, to tell players how to do that based on what you're reading here and what you want them to have to check. So I'm assuming just a piece of paper will do. I do not know if there is a character sheet available online for this. I have not seen it. But if you go to the HIO page, you might be able to find a little bit more. I didn't really scour the internet looking for a character sheet. You may not need one. Of you. I mean, the amount of things that you need to keep track of, you could probably keep on just an index card or a post-it note while you're playing this, honestly. It is truly minimal. There's no equipment list. There's not a large uh in depth of how to play or how to if you're going to be dungeon delving or anything like that is all left up to you it's a basic simple framework for running a game that does not rely on a whole lot of complexity i've heard people talk about the fkr the free creeksville revival or something like that where you're essentially running so bare minimum there aren't rules for the game i feel that this is almost getting into that territory where it does give you a dispute resolution system essentially that's mostly what you're getting in an advancement system and how to add to your character and advance your character only the advancement isn't occurring like i do in DD where i take forever to advance you by giving out gold and xp and stuff like that it's happening throughout the game you're improving throughout that session according to what they're saying in here um a note on the the art in here it is very um the art is good it it is not it's not action adventure hero like you'll find in the in the Hasbro D&D type stuff or Pathfinder. It's a little bit nicer art than that. And again, if you go over to YouTube where I'm kind of showing this off, you'll see some of it. I wonder if it is or was what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, open source, free, uh, like intellectual property, free stuff that's that's in the open domain for you to use because it looks like some of it may be along those lines. But there was noted at the beginning of the book, there is noted some names of who worked on what art wise and everything else was the beginning or was it the end of uh, the art. 
So there's a list of artists. I'm not going to read them all off at this moment. There's quite a few artists. and I'm not sure which of these was originally made for this or whatnot. The inside front and back has this real nice swirly pattern that I really appreciate. That looks that looks good when you when you take take a gander at it. Um, overall, it's a decent. It seems like a decent enough game you could run. Like you're gonna have a lot of liberties as a as a well, I don't say dungeon master, game master, as a warden, a storyteller when you're approaching this game. One thing about this game is it's not gonna tell you how to do a whole lot besides run the mechanics. So number one, it seems to be geared towards people who know how to role play, who have played other role playing games. I feel that a lot of these zines probably should be and are. Um, because that's who's picking up like independent role playing zines and games. I'm sure that most people that pick them up are familiar with role playing and looking for something different. It is one of the most rules light games that I have run across or have in my collection yet. There may be one or two that are less rules light or more rules light than this, less rules, but not too many. It is pretty streamed down. I'd say the most complex thing is the fact that there is a grade of success and failure, and they have a sort of total success, partial success, failure chart that you can look at to kind of gauge where that success and failure is. And if you check out the YouTube video, I'm, I'm kind of flashing that on the screen for people to check out as well. And that's under the core mechanic. Uh, a lot of stuff just kind of bases itself on that. I could easily run with that idea. And most people who have run games can go off of that core mechanic idea and just, just run it and be able to come up with their own solutions for different conflicts and things that may arise just because you're used to doing that kind of thing and be able to use that mechanic itself. Okay, just roll a 2d6 to see how easy hard this is. Uh, not the hardest thing to go with. So that's Packs and Blades by Lucas Rowland. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook, search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at LogarHaleCrom. We're on Patreon. We could really use the support. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.